Welcome to The Bible Preacher, where we talk about the Bible and make playlists. It's a good time. I'm Matt Cato, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Zach Pierce from Boulder, Colorado, or Louisville, but whatever. Louisville? Boulder County. It's not Louisville? No, it's... And Louisville? It's moving to Louisville has ruined my ability to pronounce the name of any city spelled this way uh, because I incorrectly pronounce all of it. Uh, you could live in a city that should be pronounced Los Angeles, but is actually pronounced Los Angeles. and likes to pronounce all of its Spanish names with weird anglicizations. <laughs> so, you know, it affects all of us. Sepulveda. I don't know what Sepulveda means. Sepulveda. Veda means money, right? Maybe. I know La Brea means tar pit. <laughs> Or some kind of swamp. (laughs) So what's happening out there in Louisville? In the Ville, not much is happening today, this Sunday, Matt. This is the front end of our... uh, No, it's not. It's the back end. Still not a lot. It's uh, Sunday after Thanksgiving, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so students will be coming back, but certainly not expecting a big crowd uh, not a big Sunday for us. Really low key because students are about to get super stressed because we got about three more weeks of class after the break, which is a great time of life for me because I get to hang out a lot and do coffees and not organize events and stuff, which I don't really enjoy. Nice. Speaking of which, Matt, it's really cranking up, though, these days. Our preparations for the Lutheran Student Movement National Gathering in Chicago, 1230 to 1-2. It only costs $250, includes all your meals except for one. Housing, uh, we got keynote speakers and workshops. Bishop Wayne Miller of the Metro Chicago Senate is going to stop by and say hello. Gordon Straw, most likely Linda Thomas, Kevin Strickland. Uh, it's going to be great. Going to be great, Matt. Cool. I uh, I enjoyed the promo uh, image. I printed it out. It's on our it's on our bulletin board. Uh, we'll see. We're trying to get some folks out from LA. Do you know if you have anybody else coming from uh, SoCal? Uh, I don't know right now. Uh, registration deadline is theoretically December first. Uh, though we are graceful people, and if you're like me, I haven't registered any of my students who are going. So uh, we expect that to happen at the end. Uh, there may be a role for a Reverend Matt Cadle to play, uh, but we could talk about that after the podcast is over. <laughs> Reverend Matt Cadle may be in the Midwest at that time. We'll see. Ooh, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, I like to wait till the deadline to actually register for things. Me too, like, and I'm running the event. <laughs> <laughs> we just registered for the uh, ELC Youth Gathering, and the deadline is Wednesday for oh. early bird registration. Mm. So, you know... That's how we do. You got them birds. Man, well, this is the time of year uh, for youth gatherings for us. We just finished our high school youth gathering, and now we got the middle school gathering uh, coming up. Middle school gathering, uh, it's pretty fun. It's at a hotel, and they go to Disneyland, which is the one time of year that I get to go to a theme park. (laughs) So that's fun. And totally geek out about all the Star Wars stuff. Uh, Or the Jurassic Park stuff, depending on whether we're at Universal or Disneyland. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a good time either way. Uh, anyway, so that's what we're doing uh, this weekend. I'm going to be doing a workshop. Did the, the speaking and workshop gig last weekend. Brought in some songs advertised for the Vinyl Preacher. Ooh. Uh, it was fun. Maybe we'll have a few new listeners. I don't know. Right. Maybe. I like it. So that's fun. Basically, the only reason I do anything is to promote the podcast. Good. Good. The beginning of every sermon. <laughs> Begins that way. 
that's that's what I do. That's what I do. I did. Uh, you got to check. I don't know if you've seen it, Matt. Uh, I was preaching for real this morning uh, or this past Sunday morning, November 12th at a real church. And my daughter came with me. My wife works on Sundays. Uh, so I had her by myself. And the pastor there was was rather insistent that she stay in worship and not be in the nursery because he was willing to, like, let me sit with her. And then, like, he was going to hang out with her during the sermon and stuff. And she did really good. She's really good. She's a very good child. Uh, she did really good. Uh, but during one sermon, she just came up the stairs and sat next to the pulpit uh, while I preached. Uh, there's a picture on the Facebook. You can check it out. Uh, it was very, very cute. Uh, so in that situation, Matt, it doesn't matter what you preach. You're losing to the, to the baby at the bottom of the stairs, man. <laughs> it's true. Although sometimes you can work, it can work to your advantage and mm-hmm. you just uh, use your kids while they're while they're this young. Uh, they have video of it on their church website. That's how I, I got the picture. Uh, which is the worst because they don't let me see exactly how long I preach. <laughs> Not good, man. <laughs> how long is it? How long do you preach? Here's the thing, okay? Uh, it includes <laughs> me reading the gospel. Yeah. The video includes that. And then there is a couple minutes of transition where, like, she comes up the stairs at the beginning. And the other pastor comes up and I'm like, go with, go with him. It's okay. You can go with him, right? And they're like, okay, well, hold, okay, okay. Okay, it's fine. She can sit there, right? Uh, but the total video is 21 minutes, man. <laughs> That's not bad. 21 minutes. That's not horrible. That right? feels long to you. Or just the number sounds big. I know I didn't feel long at all to me, but the number looks. <laughs> I mean, there are people that preach for twice that long. I just right? can't imagine having that much to say. I don't know. <laughs> There's so much I left off, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's the trouble with this whole podcast gig, Matt, is now I spend too much time thinking about it. So I've got all of these, like, random nuggets and ideas and stuff that, like, I have to be, like, cool enough to be like, I'm not going to chase that squirrel. <laughs> but I did three services on Sunday morning, and, like, you're like, well, I got three. I probably could chase this squirrel, right? And then you- <laughs> I did learn something uh, this weekend doing the – doing the like guest speaker gig which i think you probably get some of since you do a lot of guest preaching which is that like i was able to use the um i use my best stories right like Mm -hmm. oh like i've used this like i can't use this again in my congregation at least for several years right but yeah but i know that it worked really well so i could totally use it when i go out to this congregation which is something that you can really only do when you're like guest preaching yeah no that's the that's the dream man that's why stand-ups i'm so envious of stand-ups they perfect a routine you know and learn the beats and, right yeah uh, it's so nice to be able to go places and have have these like really like i don't know i've got five or six like really good compelling things that i can just whip out and i know them uh, which is yep. strange because matt I've, I've gone from being such a an anxious preacher uh, my original, the original podcast we started was called The Anxious Preacher. That's what, that's what it should be called still, probably. Because <laughs> uh, I still think manuscripts are, are a good idea uh, and probably the best way to do it. And I preach my best when I commit to a manuscript. Uh, but when I'm guest preaching every Sunday, uh, it's, I don't know if it's okay to say, it's okay to say, but that's not the most important part of my week. I want to do a good job, you know, but it's, it's a lower, has a lower priority than lots of other things I'm doing this week because it's not my people exactly. And I know that I've got so much stuff that I really can, like, in a guest spot, have a loose structure and, and do something that sounds pretty good, that's pretty compelling. That doesn't, it's, not a, it's definitely not tight and could be better, but. Yeah, I hear that. Like, I've been, I was super anxious about having to go do the guest, the guest speaking thing. But then I'm, but when I, when I realized that, that I could pull from my best stuff, I started to, I was like, okay, 
you can see sort of getting to a place where you're at, <laughs> where you can mm-hmm. just like, okay, which ingredients are going to work for this text and just kind of run, run with that. Some bad news to share, Matt. I got some bad news to share. What's that? Changing gears. Uh, on Saturday, Hannah and I went to our only CU football game of the year. Uh, we got to see Ralphie run. Ralphie six, big female American bison around the field. That was really the highlight of the day because from there it was all downhill and we lost miserably. Who did you play? Tell us who you played. Who are you uh, playing? I don't remember. It was uh, the Athenians, the Greeks. <laughs> it was the Tro- uh No, you're right. It was Troy. I was trying to man. <laughs> we were playing USC. Woo! South Carolina. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> Scar. <laughs> SC, yeah, they uh, they clinched their division or something, I think. Sure. I should I, know this. I left at halftime. That's good. Mm. When they do well, we do well. That was my last home game, and we sold out quickly, so football parking is done. How much do you charge for football parking? $15. <laughs> we don't always sell out, so. <laughs> How many spots time? do you have? <laughs> That's a political question. Uh, we can have about, up to about 40 spots. That's good. Mm-hmm. It's not nothing, you know. What is that, 40? Yeah. 20 would be 30, be 300, $600 a game for six, for six games. $3,600 is not money I'm going to turn down. Yeah, we should have like 49, but it ends up being much more like 40 because uh, everybody that likes to tailgate comes mm-hmm. in with like a monster truck. I don't really understand how you drive a monster truck the rest of the week. I understand it for tailgating, <laughs> but like, how do you, like, it just seems like a pain mm-hmm. in the ass. I don't understand, but yeah. okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'll stick with my Prius. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Christ the King, a big Sunday for uh, St. Mark's? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean, I've done different things with it. What have I done recently? I'm trying to remember. Last year I was off because I was on family leave. Uh, and I've done, I don't know, I guess I've done different kinds of spins on it. It's interesting to me this year because usually Christ the King comes right before Thanksgiving. And this year it comes right afterwards. So, like, usually mm-hmm. Advent 1 is, like, right after Thanksgiving. But we get a whole other week to prepare for it this yeah. year. Um, so, yeah. Good. So this year, I'm just happy it gives me a little more time to prep for Advent, <laughs> which, I'm, which I'm much more excited about. Uh, does that mean it's time for the text? I think it is time. Time, time for the text. The text for Christ the King Sunday, which come to which is on November Sunday, November 26th this year. Christ the King Sunday. So, um, yeah, Christ the King Sunday. Oh, my goodness. I wasn't here on the pod for it last year. No, I, t- I talked about you, though. <laughs> yeah, so my backstory uh, for, for new listeners, which I know we have uh, so many of you, is uh, I preached on Christ the King Sunday for my preaching class, uh, and I kind of... I don't know. I was pretty flip about it. And in retrospect, I would have <laughs> preached a difference. Um, but I got I got seriously chewed out for it. Uh, a little unfairly, I might add. Well, you know. But I got I got seriously chewed out. It was one of the more traumatic. Because you know how it is. Like you're you're like you're just starting out preaching, and it's like kind of terrifying because you're really putting yourself out there, and then you just get you get chewed out. Uh, but our preaching professor used to like. It was like a different person every week. I feel like I chewed out. And it was my t- it was my turn. We all had our turn. I had a turn, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. And I wonder. I kind of wonder, like, if he like did he plan it that way, where he was like, "All right, mm-hmm. which, which student am I going to chew out this week?" Just so they have the experience of being chewed out. Yeah. And take it and take it seriously, or if it was like, 
you know i don't know I'm yeah curious. we should i wish to get him on the pod we should right because <laughs> my, my getting chewed out was incredibly formative right like yeah. <laughs> yeah. i mean i uh yeah i mean i think about it all the time still right um <laughs> yeah I mean, it may have had something to do with starting a podcast called The Anxious Preacher, but. <laughs> Man. What did you learn when you got chewed out about Christ the King Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Um, I mean, he kind of gave us like a history lesson about like where Christ the King Sunday came from, none of which really. I mean, it was interesting to me, but I, I mean. I think his assumption was that I hadn't done that homework and I had, I just didn't Ooh. care. <laughs> like it didn't, well, I mean, like it didn't, like I was like, okay, like that, it didn't, to me that didn't mm-hmm. um, solve the problem. Like it wasn't a counterpoint to my argument, mm-hmm. but I think the, um, I mean, it, I don't know, like I could have, I could have taken that information on something different with it, but, but I think probably I'd use the phrase that came a couple years later uh, it's Jim Boline, who's the pastor in Santa Monica, and he was preaching the first call uh, at our Malibu Beach party first call. <laughs> I don't know if you were there for that one, but he he was it was a, it was so. one of the better sermons I've like it really it really affected me. But he um uh, he said he he said one of his early like preaching professors had said the number one thing you have to learn is to like wipe the smirk off your face. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably what I what I learned. It was less about mm-hmm. the content, which I still think there's a lot to wrestle with with Christ the King Sunday, and it was more about like the tone um, and the seriousness with which you uh, take the problem. So I've still made that mistake. Like I've still been too flip mm-hmm. <laughs> in a sermon, but I do think like that's I think that's probably the thing I took from it. But I think there's still a lot to wrestle with Christ the King Sunday because it is this image that, um, at least for us in a in an American context is kind of, it is foreign, right? Like, I mean, it's foreign in the sense that like, we don't, number one, we don't have a king. We have a president, and it's like, which is its own thing. Uh, although Christ, the president, Sunday doesn't have the same ring to it because king is so like all encompassing in a way that president isn't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, and then at the same time, yeah, this other layer that America is born out of rebelling against a king, right? Like, so it's like, there's something in our national DNA that it's like, I don't know what to if you take it seriously as an image, like it's, it's strange. Um, now the text itself is going to do some like upending and that in itself is interesting too. But I think first you got to stop at that image and be like, what do we do with King in a country that, um, is sort of founded on rejecting the idea of Kings. So I think that's, um, that's the thing that I always kind of wrestle with. And then I have, uh, but I've, I've, I've had some thoughts since then, I guess. And some of my thoughts since then, so this is just, uh, Matt going off on a riff and then I'll shut up and let you give your hot take on Kings. Uh, but I mean, there've been some, some other things I guess I've done with this since then. Um, one is my experience in Mexico where, you know, one of the, when the church was being persecuted, one of the things the martyrs would cry out is Viva Cristo Rey, right? Long live Christ the King. Um, which is a similar idea to where the day started in the church year, um, that it is kind of intended to be this um, king over against worldly kings. And so for us wrestling with uh, whoever happens to be in charge politically at the moment, uh, it's an image that may provide uh, either some hope or some challenge whether or not you like the person in charge. Um, so there's that. Um, and then just culturally, I think also like the more that I have studied and wrestled with, um, 
cultures other than my own white American context uh, has also provided some interesting challenge. And there's a lot of ways I could go about that. I mean, like, but I'm just going to point to the trailer for the new Black Panther movie (laughs) that comes out in uh, Black History Month 2018 because Marvel can only release a black superhero movie in Black History Month. But that trailer looks freaking amazing. Uh, And the voiceover is like, it's hard for a good man to be king, as if it's like wrestling with what what it means to be king. Uh, And it strikes me when I hear that. I mean, like, let's get get all excited because I like superhero movies. But it strikes me that in other cultures, uh, cultures other than my own, that king king is a more common, it may be a more common image, may be an image that um, can bear more fruit more has more credence i guess than i originally gave it and so i've been wrestling with that recently more too so it's an image that continually changes for me continually shifting uh image to wrestle with so mm. that's where i'm at a christ king mm. at the moment i mean if i'm picturing the king as like this um white dude with a beard seated on the throne like king george or something i'm like i don't know what to do with that or i, I mean it has a certain image i guess i should say that has its own ring to it uh but if you picture it as T'Challa, the Black Panther, sitting on that throne in Wakanda. What do you do with that if that's what Christ the King looks like? Or perhaps there's going to be this new... So the sermon that I got chewed out for, I referenced The Lion King. Mm. There's going to be a new live-action Lion King movie. What? Starring, starring Beyonce and mm. Donald Glover as Simba. <laughs> Donald Glover. That's great. What if Donald Glover is our image oh. for Christ the King Sunday? What do I do with that? Oh my God! Goodness so, gracious, Matt. I don't know, just, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, when I think of Christ the King, I think of King Ralph. King Ralph. Who's that? Oh my gosh, Matt. That's uh, uh, what's his name from Roseanne? Come on, John, John Goodman. John Goodman. Uh, right. There's a horrible accident that happens. They're taking a picture of the royal family and they're standing in water. And there's a, a, an electrical cord and they all get electrocuted and die. And they have to find the, the next successor. And it's an American lounge singer from Vegas named King Ralph. And he has a stereotypical, like, worst European vision of an American. Uh, and he comes <laughs> and, he, and it's hard to learn to rule when you're coming from a lounge, being a lounge singer in Vegas to becoming the, the king of the English Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what it's really about, I think, Christ the King Sunday. <laughs> I'm going to definitely be preaching about King Ralph with my students. They're all familiar with it. Um, <laughs> right. Definitely. They've heard of it. No, Matt. Uh, so that actual history, I, I find fascinating. Uh, I continue to find it fascinating, no matter how much you're going to dismiss it. 1991 is the is when King Ralph was released with John Goodman and Peter O'Toole, classic. <laughs> oh, but the actual history, right? So the so Christ the King Sunday started by Pius the uh, Eleventh in 1925 in response to nationalism, right? It's World War One has just ended, um, and so I think right it speaks pretty powerfully to a time when nationalism is on the rise as a counterstatement against. Uh, rising nationalism to say this week in the news for us has been uh, about some folks on the Christian right not only not condemning but condoning the behavior of uh, of Roy uh, Moore. It's Roy Moore, right? The Senate candidate in Alabama. Mm-hmm. His relationship with a 14-year-old, right? It's that making that contrast again this week of saying that there are things more important than uh, country and nation and uh, certainly political party. And so that context, I think, helps, for me, makes it a bit more relevant than King Ralph. 
Yeah, I mean, if only we had rising nationalism again. If as only. A thing. Sad face. Uh, you want to know an interesting yeah. thing I learned though this week doing the research map? Hmm. Uh, in the Roman yeah. Catholic Church, uh, on the Roman Catholic lectionary calendar, this is in a different spot. It's the last Sunday of October. It functions as their Reformation Sunday. Uh, and the Lutherans, oh, wow. the Protestants moved it uh, from that date oh. to, to the last one of the year. So another interesting uh, way of framing the idea, preacher. Maybe yeah. you don't need to say that, but uh, using Christ the King as a Reformation text. That is interesting. Especially this year. People are still evidently care about the Reformation, so <laughs> make them happy or whatever. Well, so we look at the actual texts? Let's do it! I guess so. There is some uh, Reformation going on. This is, uh, oh my goodness. So the first reading comes from Ezekiel. Ezekiel, uh, the prophet from whom I draw my reading for the blessing of the bicycles every time we bless bicycles because he has this vision of the spaceships and the wheels the wheels mm, the spaceship man <laughs> so good but this uh, no wheels in this one more about sheep so God is depicted as a shepherd going out collecting up the scattered sheep um but again it's a day like we saw the last couple of Sundays a day of clouds and thick darkness Here's my favorite line. So God says, uh, God's going to feed the, the hungry sheep. He's going to take them out to rich pasture. Uh, I'll be the shepherd of the sheep and I'll make them lie down. A little Psalm 23 throwback here. Seek the lost and I'll bring back the strayed. I'll bind up the injured. I'll strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. And then this line, I will feed them. With justice. Mm. Drop Mike. Drop it. I feel like I've never, I, I don't remember that line from uh, from past years. Somehow I've never, that's the first time I've read that line. I will feed them with justice. <laughs> I like it's it. It's a good line. It's an excellent it's a good line, line, man. <laughs> it echoes last week, uh, Amos, right? Or two weeks ago, Amos. It does, right? Where we're like talking about how this is going to be good news for everybody, but for some of us, it's going to hurt first. Uh, and here's another way of putting that that's really uh, pithy. I will feed them with justice. Um, it's interesting. I wonder, it reminds me a little bit of what we'll see in a couple of weeks uh, with, with Mary's song, with the Magnificat, lifting up the lowly, bringing down the, um, the powerful, feeding the hungry, sending the rich away empty i was at a high school retreat last weekend and the students wanted to tell the christmas story uh for one of their worships and uh, i said oh well we're talking about remix you guys should totally you should use mary's song and they looked at me like what are you talking about mary has a song and i'm like biblical illiteracy oh my goodness well let's read it you guys <laughs> uh so i made them look it up and they read it and they totally like they read the whole thing and i was like all right so what what's the remixing well, like Mary's personal life, that must have been really crazy. And I was like, no, no, look at the second half of the song. The uplifting and the bringing down, the feeding and the sending away. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, I just, it's interesting. Like, I feel like as a preacher who has to read these texts every week, you know, I, I know that theme is is all over the scriptures, and we especially see it here in November. Um, but I wonder, like, how... Do our folks hear that? Do people hear that uh, in the pews? Are we preaching on it in a way that, that highlights it? Um, 
or or not i don't know mm. is the is the biblical literacy just because i had high school students or is this something that uh is something the church wrestles with mm. across the board mm. Inter- i mean we don't hear it right we sing it though uh we're doing uh mountain vespers for our extended advent i decided to start advent last week um nice because students are going to leave after advent too so do yeah. what i want uh, and so we sang the Magnificat, right? And it's really pretty. We sang it in, in uh, Mountain Vespers. Lots of folks like to sing it in Holden uh, Evening Prayer. Uh, but it's really pretty. But I don't think we listen to it, right? We There's there's a lot of, I don't know what it is, cultural stuff that draws us into that Mary's personal life sorts of things. The comfort and challenge of a text like Christ the King, of, of a Sunday like Christ the King, of a text like this Um I don't know. We just we so often go to the comfort, I think. But there is there is real challenge here. There is. Uh, I mean, so preacher man or woman yeah. or preacher non-binary person. That line that you lifted up is not only like really good, right? In that it's uh, I will feed them justice. You want to weigh in? This is Sunday after Thanksgiving, so if you want to play with Thanksgiving a little bit, right? Which is a meal-focused holiday. What did you have? Did you have? Uh, I hopefully will have. A cranberry sauce out of a can so you can still see the lines from the can i did not eat justice though i did not eat justice <laughs> um or maybe i did i don't know right thanksgiving dinner is yeah. redeemable i think right but uh, drawing you to the meal a lot of mystical opportunities here yeah what does a meal of justice look like what are the mm-hmm. ingredients yeah we got a we got a side of reparations and a <laughs> what's you know like what's in the meal of justice oh that that would be a rich sermon i think you could really see? play with uh with that image a little bit see model it you could probably even oh we don't normally write sermons for people on the podcast but that's what we're doing now <laughs> um, here's what you do watch a couple of cooking shows right um, <laughs> yeah the great yeah. british baking show i've heard it's good. watch great Brit. i i prefer a chef's life it's really like one of my do you do you chef's life matt no you no. gotta get into it okay do you have all you need is the pbs channel and your roku uh and you can binge the whole thing right but uh matt you're gonna love this right you're really gonna love this uh so it's um vivian howard uh is from eastern north carolina grew up there graduated from college north carolina state and uh, went to uh, New York City and worked in a bunch of restaurants and stuff. Uh, and then her family told her that they would help her open a restaurant as long as they opened it in her, her hometown of Garner, North Carolina. And so she had to come back. Uh, the opening credits, that's all you really need to watch, right? The opening credits have her talking about coming back to a place she swore she'd never return. Uh, and opened up this restaurant. And they're in the fifth season now, and it's really good. And she gets like deep into like the ingredients and the, the culture and where the, uh, where the food comes from and all kinds of beautiful stuff. Uh, so watch your cooking shows. Uh, they all follow a pattern, you know, especially if you just watch the Food Network. Uh, learn the beats of that, right? And you could form a whole sermon. You could build a whole sermon around like a cooking show kind of like, I mean, you could get super kitschy on it, but don't get kitschy, but you could you could use it as a vehicle, right? Remix, Matt. Remix. You could do it. <laughs> I like it. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. You're welcome, preacher. And what I'd emphasize in that, Matt, we're going to get, we're going to into it here, is I would emphasize local ingredients. Ooh. Right? Uh, that that's, that's probably the good news of this. Um, and that's certainly going to be the good news this week. We look towards Matthew here. Uh, is the good news is you have the ingredients for the meal of justice. Uh, it's all local. It's all local, man. Right? It's with you. We're, we're twisting in some good news here. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like it. Matt, are you ready? I am. What am I ready for? 
the good news, the, the, the reading from the good news according to Matthew. The last time we're with Matthew? Oh, last man. time we're with Matthew. Goodbye, Matthew. Such a great name for a gospel. Uh, <laughs> it's a good one. If we got to say goodbye, this is a good one. This is the one. I mean, this is kind of his goodbye story, too. Jesus, yeah. at least. Yep. So it's pretty long, right? It's actually uh, it's a good little chunk here. Uh, to yeah. summarize, you got an intro and then you got two sides of the same story. The intro, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations will be gathered before him. He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and with the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. I don't get that part of the story, Matt. Uh, goats aren't inherently evil, I don't think. Uh, why do goats <laughs> go to the left? They're like super more helpful than sheep. They provide milk in addition to like meat and stuff, right? Like... It's true. Sure, you can't make a shirt out of them, but, like, I mean, you could. Anyway, uh, that part I don't get. Uh, And then we get a story, a parable about a king. And the king says to those at his right hand, the sheep, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom, prepare for you. For I was hungry, and you gave me food, I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. Oh, the mist of God, you, the meal, we're setting up the, the meal of justice here. Uh, mm-hmm. I was naked, you gave me clothing from a goat. Or sheep. Either one. It's fine. Uh, I was sick. You took care of me. And I was in prison. You visited me. And the righteous will answer him. And this is this is how it sets up. Uh, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it we saw you welcome um, when we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked, gave you clothing? When was it we saw you sick in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I tell you, just as he did it to the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Uh, just a complete tangent. If the king tells me this, I'm not going to be like, no, I think you got us mistaken. I didn't do that. I'd be like, yeah, you're right. I'm a cool dude. <laughs> Thanks for having me, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then he flips to the left hand to the goats. Uh, right. Uh, you that are cursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, no drink, naked, no clothes, in prison, no visit, stranger, no welcome. Uh, and they'll say, when did we do this? And the king will say, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Uh, and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. And that's a hot one. It's a hot one. And we're going to start with a little bit of context. Uh, the context here is critical. If you remember last week, uh, we heard the part that comes right before this. We heard 14 to 30, and this week we hear 31 to 46. And in 14 to 31, it reads like a parable, but but remember, we said it's not, uh, because it says, for it it is as if a man going on a journey, uh, and he gives coins. He's a thief, basically, right? And he rewards those who do the dishonorable thing. And so what most of the commentators say is uh, you want to draw some contrast between these two stories, that on one hand, you get the story about the world of men versus the world, the kingdom of, uh, of heaven here, because the point here is clearly flipped, right? Those who care for the least... Uh, those are the ones who end up with honor and those uh, who have no honor, like the rich man going on a journey, uh, those will be uh, shamed eventually. Um, so there's your context. Um, one other thing, we've got two other things we'll hit here, exegetical notes. That phrase, all the nations will be gathered before him, echoes Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Uh, Matthew Cadle, not Matthew, the gospel. Uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. How many verses are there? Uh, what's the last verse in the gospel of Matthew? 28. 
It's 2820. No. This is the second to last oh. verse of the whole gospel. It echoes, go therefore make disciples of all, all nations. nations. All nations. That was, my, that was my confirmation verse. Oh. I know. And it got preached on my ordination. It was great. So the other piece of context is to know that from here, Jesus goes to die. This is the end of his teaching. That The next two chapters, 28, well, three chapters, 28, 27, 28, are all uh, Jesus actually dying, right? Jesus gets anointed for death. They have the Last Supper uh, and so on and so forth. Peter's disloyal, all that kind of stuff. So here ends Jesus' uh, teaching. Uh, and it ends with the echo with which the entire gospel ends, which is with the resurrected Jesus saying this to his disciples. Uh, really important point to the cross here, the Sunday of Christ the King. We get it a lot better in Luke. Uh, the year of uh, Luke, you get you get Jesus on the cross for your Christ the King oh. text. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, starts like Golgotha is in the first mm-hmm. verse. And you get Jesus dying in John in year B, I suppose, next year. Yeah. I like this one, though. I like this. It's good. It's good. The last like little note I'll lift up, Matt, before we tear into it, is um, Melina and Lorba, who are my favorite little commentators, they call this the story of a king who goes incognito among his people, which is interesting, right? How is the king going to know who the sheep are and the goats are, and they're reading this implication into the text that the king has been out there among the people witnessing these things uh, in places when they did not know it. Uh, So I find that intriguing, right? It it moves us towards this promise of the God who dwells with uh, the naked and the hungry and the stranger um, and us sending us to look for that God, look for that king. Yeah, where do we find this God? Mm. Usually we we paint this imaginary picture of a throne, but but that God is much closer than that. I like that. I think that that's um, that's super helpful, right? Because it's so there's I, I, I'm, I'm loving uh, two of your two of your angles here that that helps to say like if we want to say where is God? How do we find God? How do we connect with God? And this is a central uh, question that we're looking for. And the text uh, tells us that God is actually pretty close to home. Uh, but local ingredients man yeah uh but but is around us um in the thirsty the stranger the naked the sick the imprisoned um which is interesting because it tells us that god can be found uh but in those places that we sometimes want to turn away from so that's a pretty that's both comfort and challenge right both at the same time i don't want to take the metaphor too far here the image too far but Mm -hmm. that's the story of good food Right. Uh, The story of good food, the stuff that's good that we like is the food of poor people traditionally. Right. Because it's the fattiest Mm -hmm. cuts. uh, Right. (laughs) That that, the the food that gets um, honored on a chef's life is the food of like the poorest people. Right. Like it's 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 how you made food out of not having much. Oh, man. That makes me think of a song. Right. Mm. (laughs) The other angle. You lifted up the all nations, all the nations we gathered before him. And this is a challenging one because you don't want to make it uh, corny, but I do think that there's potential here. If you're talking about a response to nationalism, right, and here's a a king that transcends that, then it might also be that this table uh, is going to have some different foods too. There may be some cross-cultural foods at this table if you were to take in the all nations piece. and then this, like, who are members of my family? And what defines God's family is not a nation uh, or even ethnicity, but something else. And so what might that table 
actually look like. It's going to be local, but it might be surprising, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, gosh, Matt. I listened to a Sporkful, uh, which is a yeah. – do you listen to Sporkful? No. It's a podcast uh, not for foodies but for eaters is their, like, tagline. It's fine. It's good. You should check it out. It's good. Um, and they recently did a story on Nashville hot chicken, which is the new, like, thing, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Are you, uh, and getting into, like, how – so what is Nashville? Is it like spicy hot or it's just hot? No, it's spicy hot. Uh, I mean, Nashville hot chicken is a person who grew up in North Carolina is not a thing that I knew about until like recently. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, and so they did the kind of history of it, right? And it's been a thing in Nashville evidently forever. And that, that what was really they, – they interviewed and spent a lot of time with like the kind of creator of Nashville hot chicken, which is a black family, right? Uh, a black woman in particular runs the family business now. Um, but it's been really hipsterified, right? So there are lots of like uh, hipster white-owned uh, Nashville hot chicken places in Nashville and around the country. Um, but they told the story of that original place, uh, and that it was actually a place, uh, one of the few places where. Uh, so it was a black restaurant, right? But white people knew about Nashville hot chicken and wanted it, but they couldn't socially go into the restaurant. Uh, so they they had a backdoor entrance for white people to come get their Nashville hot chicken, right? Which is a total flipping reversal of the situation in lots of other restaurants, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> go get your local ingredients. Go sneak up the alley. And- Good stuff. Nashville hot chicken. That's your fellowship uh, meal. There you go. After after church, do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Matt. I think yeah. uh, if I'm going to clarify my good news, I think we've done it. My good news is that the – a little complicated here, but I think it works – uh, the good news is uh, that the ingredients for that meal of justice are all uh, all local. I like that, and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna add the, that they come from from many cultures too. Uh, partly because if we're wrapping up this year of Matthew, we started out the year uh, some almost 12 months ago talking about Matthew as a multicultural gospel. <laughs> and yeah. Then I. Then I abandoned that so I could follow Genesis and Exodus. But, <laughs> but this is a but it but it does reference that yep. here at the end, right? It mm-hmm. does reference it. Um, so yeah, I like it. I think I think we learned some things in the Bible preacher this year. We I did. Like we learned what a something. Good year. Let, let's call it quits. This was good. This was a good. <laughs> good year. Mm. What are you yeah. gonna be listening to, man? What am I gonna be listening to? Well, uh, it's uh, it's Clash of Kings. It's what I'm. I'm listening to. Uh, let me let me just let me just throw out some artists for you. Mm. How about the the kings of Leon? Ooh, kings of Leon, I like <laughs> it. Track. You know the kings of Leon. They're an interesting. They're an interesting band. I mean, I remember when they started. I was living in Bloomington, Indiana, and they were like part of this like wave of like the new rock bands, like with the White Stripes and the Strokes, and like they were like one of those bands, but they were like a little bit rougher around the edges, right? Like they. They all had long hair, and they were like had this like backstory that may or may not have been true. And but then they kind of morphed like into this like pop rock band after they toured with U2. I think I saw them actually tour with U2, and they were terrible because they didn't know how to play an arena. That's... And then they started making like arena rock, which is interesting. So anyway, one of their more recent songs, which I feel like you might have put on a playlist, but I can't remember. Uh, it's called Radioactive, mm. and. Um, do you know it? Mm-hmm. Because uh, it seems like you would like these lyrics. <laughs> it's in the water. Where you came from. I'm almost certain that you put them on playlist already. 
But there's a remix with uh, the West Angeles Mass Choir, which is right down the street from me. West mm. Angeles Church of God in Christ uh, and their, uh, their gospel choir. So uh, check out the remix of Radioactive um, with, uh, with the West Angeles Gospel Choir. Kings of Leon for Christ the King Sunday. I needed some more kings. So uh, I thought, well, maybe you could also put on some Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. Mmm. More kings. More kids. I'm impressed. Really good stuff. I'm impressed. Uh, new single. Sharon Jones actually passed away uh, last year, but um, but like a lot of artists, posthumous album coming out, uh, and so their new single is called "Call on God." Good one. It's a good one. But I might also suggest this song, "People Don't Get What They Deserve," uh, from an earlier album, which uh, which would be an interesting uh, ingredient to throw alongside these texts that we have for today. People don't get what they deserve, um, and then. Uh, what else? What other artist could have King mm. in the name? What about what about Ben E. King and his classic song "Stand By Me," which I actually, you know, I really like it for texts that have uh, a day of clouds and thick darkness because the song begins when the night has come. Has come. It's dark. Mm. I I mean, like, won't you stand by me? It's a good little little. Um, it's got some gospel in it. It's got some gospel in it, folks. It really does. So, um, yeah, three artists with King in the title. Oh, Matt. I'm not going to measure up, but I'll do what I can here, Matt. Uh, I like the idea of a, of a hidden king, of the incognito king. Uh, and so I'm going to go first with Imogen Heap's Hide and Seek. Uh, right? Hide and Seek, this meal of justice. Maine, where are we? I can't do it. What the hell is going on? The dust has only just begun to form. Crop circles on the carpet. Uh, hide and seek. I like it, man. I'm also going to put the theme song. It's a stretch, but I gotta, I've talked about A Chef's Life. Uh, part of what makes that intro so great is that uh, it's the Avery Brothers' uh, Will You Return uh, is, is sung as the intro for that. And they have a relationship. They do some stuff together every now and then when it, uh, Scott, I think, Scott Avett appears on the show from time to time. That's really good. Uh, but Matt, oh, I had to choose. Uh, Sly and the Family Stone have a song, but I got to go with, uh, with royalty. Not a king, but a queen. Uh, Dolly Parton. Uh, <laughs> she's got a song called Chicken Every Sunday. That, what? That is as cliche as you might expect. Uh, we've got chicken every Sunday, and the preacher comes around, and every Sunday morning, Daddy takes us all to town, and we go to the picture show and have picnics on the ground. Well, that's the lower class, and that's glad that I'm glad that's what I am. Woo! <laughs> that's awesome. It's really <laughs> this is good. We're closing out the liturgical year in, in style. Bang huh? with a bang, Matt. I like it. I also like Matt as we close uh, the page on the Gospel of Matthew, and we turn to Year B and Year Mark. We're looking ahead to Advent, Matt, and I think we can tell folks about what we have planned for Advent. We got some special. Uh, surprises because next week on the episode uh, we are bringing on for a couple weeks in Advent professional music people musicians uh, who all have some background in campus ministry Uh, Lutheran Campus Ministry Network helps support uh, getting this podcast produced every week which you you want that to happen Uh, so I'm excited about the first person up uh, next week is Ann Buckle. Ann was a student of mine when I was a vicar, when I was an intern with Lutheran and Episcopal Campus Ministry at the University of Tennessee. She's really fascinating. Uh, Matt, I'm going to talk to her about a call story because I already talk to her a lot, talk about her a lot with my students 
because she has a, like a master's in like public policy from Harvard, uh, and she's been working in the music business. Fun fact, Matt, she's a niece of Johnny Cash. Niece what? of Johnny Cash. That's right. Recently, I think we branded herself as Wildwood. Uh, so we're going to talk to Ann Buckle next week, and they're gonna, she's going to help us make, uh, make a playlist. And we can talk to her about Nashville hot chicken. She's in Nashville. Good. That sounds awesome. All right. I'm going to tune in. <laughs> Won't we all? Soon and very soon. I'm going to go get me some hot chicken. <laughs> well, it's been real. It's been tasty. It's been spicy. It's been spicy. Hot. Hot. It's been real <sighs> vinyl. God, now I'm hungry. <laughs> Me too. I really do want chicken now. <laughs>